Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, a preseason all-conference list this week has Chris Level and myself using language we wouldn't normally use. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get them cast. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't so far so you never miss an episode so you can join the ranks of every day. Or special shout-out to those who are joining us daily. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan, and Chris, we are wrapping up the week and heading into what hopefully is a long weekend for most of you out there as we head into Memorial Day weekend. And Chris, we've got football on our minds to conclude our conversation here this week. And I know that some of these things can be titled way too early, but it's never too early to start talking about some of those guys that are going to be rowing the boat for Joey McGuire and company whenever you get to September 2nd. Preseason lists, already being put together and we've got one to take a look at here today and one that you were actually uh, invited to participate in and you had some additions uh, to from your Texas Tech perspective and obviously that's where we'll kind of concentrate and dial in maybe who was included or who surprisingly was not included but uh, if you're down with it, I'll give you the run for Texas Tech. Now, this from Athlon Sports, and Athlon goes beyond a first and second team, but we're going to dial in here specifically from second and first team perspectives. They've got an offense, they've got a defense, and they've got a specialist list. The places where Red Raiders were showing up on those lists, specialists, Austin McNamara included there on that second team, Chris. Malik Dunlap included as a cornerback. They're on the second team defense. You also had uh, Jaron Bradley, Taj Brooks included on a second team offensive list. As far as a first team defensive list, you had Jalen Hutchings get a mention. And then as far as a first team offensive list, you had. <clears throat> well, moving on back to that first team defensive list, Chris, is the offense getting enough credit this offseason? That's a good question for an episode. One we've already answered. Go check it out uh, from a week gone by. These are always interesting because, uh, you know, guys rise and fall. Guys you think will do something, maybe don't. And then the inverse of that, whenever the rubber actually meets the road. Uh, but fun to think about some of those guys that are going to be foundational pieces, obviously, this year for Coach McGuire. Yeah, so you know, Cowan, we we uh, the, the the folks at Athlons ask uh, ask some of us at Red Raider Sports to kind of provide the Texas Tech preview uh, for their magazine, and they've done that for geez, maybe like a decade. Uh, but with that, uh, they they will also ask us, you know, in a subsequent kind of communication, like, hey. If, if you have any input that you want to offer up on who you think should be, you know, all, all big 12 preseason team, we'd love to hear who, who it is. I, uh, I, you know, when I got that uh, email, I always have my thoughts. I, I called uh, Matt Dowdy as well over at Texas tech and try to see, Hey, who are y'all pushing for awards? Who, who are like, I just want to make sure that I, I, I was not missing something. And so I kind of compared and tried to research it and, 
here's what I here's what I submitted. Um, but basically, and, and it's and, and then past that, I have nothing to do with it. I just try to input you know names and try to fight for uh, a guy from Texas Tech and fight for their case and feel like they belong. And then I had some some stats and and and, and opinion next to it. But this was unlikely just because of his injury last year and limited playing time. But I did, I did suggest that Tyler Shuck should get upper tier consideration uh, for, you know, and, and again, probably, you know, that that's maybe me just being a bit biased, but again, I don't know if I am because he was four and zero in that last stretch. He was five and zero as a starter last year. He played really good football. I think that in the back of my mind, I absolutely know that NFL folks think he's got a chance to be a draft pick. So again, all those things, I, I, I thought, you know, and I have the numbers, uh, obviously, to, to, to back some of it up. I'm guessing, I, and, and I've seen the team uh, that was released, uh, Cowan, but quarterback is always an interesting one. But Dylan Gabriel and yeah. Jalen Daniels are going to be one and two pretty much by everybody across the board. I think that is that is going to be fairly unanimous. So, again, I, I also think that, you know, Quinn Ewers has gotten so much hype that I'll be shocked if he – why he's getting the benefit of the doubt, I don't know if I understand fully but I think people are projecting because of everything that's around him, how good they're supposed to be. And then I think Will Howard is also, but I think, I think Shuck is like right there behind that. And you, you could, you know, Chandler Morris at TCU who won the job originally uh, last year. Um, and, and, you know, I think university of central Florida has got a really good, uh, a good player at quarterback, uh, you know, Keaton Slovis, I think at BYU, they, they, you know, there, there's some, there's some good names there, but I, I just thought that Shuck, but Taj Brooks, I think I nailed. Um, I think that he's you, you. You mentioned second team. Yes, sir. Yeah, so second team, uh, nearly 700 yards rushing. He had the seven touchdowns. He he had a, a receiving touchdowns, and I think Jerron Bradley I had nailed too. He was a second yep. team guy, freshman All American. I, you know, Xavier Worthy is the best wideout in in the conference. He's got two monster statistical seasons to and he wasn't even completely healthy last year and he still put up I think we're talking like 22 or something touchdowns over the the last two seasons receiving and he's just he's a dude um I did feel like Jalen Hutchings deserved this uh, it sounds like he got the nod uh 50 tackles five and a half tackles for loss he had one and a half sacks and a forced fumble I thought Tony Bradford should have gotten some run here. Um, and you're telling me not first and second team, correct? Yeah, Tony Bradford did show up on the third team list, okay. but didn't make the top two there. Okay. And and again, I, I think people you hear these names, you don't sometimes you forget what they did. It's again, I know this. Not everybody does. I don't expect the folks at Athlons to know this, but Tony Bradford played, I think, nine of the 12 or nine of the 13 games last year with basically a jacked-up shoulder and just tried to get through the season. Heard it fairly early in the season, had surgery to repair it as soon as the season was over, and, and has missed the, the spring. So I don't know if you give you grade on a curve there or not, but, you know, again, he had 32 tackles, nine tackles for loss. Here's the thing. Five and a half sacks. I mean, keep in mind, 
you just had the seventh pick in the draft and Tyree Wilson have seven and a half sacks. So five and a half is not nothing. I mean, um, and, and then he had six uh, QB hurries and he had a blocked field goal as well. But I thought he he belonged in that in that kind of conversation. Um, any, any thoughts there before I keep going? Because I had three more names well, in mind. I just think, you know, going back, I, I completely agree with Tony Bradford. And, um, you know, we can exclude some of these teams because you'll see some previews that give you a, a 15th and 16th and 17th all-conference team. So where do you draw the line? Who yeah. knows? Today we drew it between second and third for time's sake. But, yeah, Tony Bradford's got to be on these short lists. And one of the things we'll be asking about Hutchings, Bradford, or anybody else that was a part of what they did last year and hopefully some good things this year is can you do it without Tyree Wilson? Was a lot of that because of, and I feel like I already know the answer when I'm saying that out loud, uh, the attention you had to have paid to Tyree Wilson by the guys on the offensive side of that line of scrimmage. And, and now what happens with that changing? Nothing new, uh, but definitely one of the storylines for them heading into this season. And as for Tyler Shuck, you, you say you were biased, but I think you were only made biased by what you saw. Fair. And not everybody did see it. So I get why they don't know either. Um, we both understand, even though you're being very kind, why Quinn Ewers will mysteriously show up on these lists. It ain't all that uh, mysterious. Just check the logo. Um, check the purse or the Lucchese satchel, whatever they gave him as well. Check the NIL numbers. You get it. Um, but I think what you, I, and most Red Raider fans saw from Tyler Shuck when he was finally healthy is someone that is easily on the short list of the conference's best quarterbacks. Easily. But, you know, given that Texas Tech, while a great story here locally and one we're excited about, not relevant on a big picture radar as far as any national scene or top of the conference charts, you know, kind of scene, I get why that doesn't become some narrative driven by Big 12 media or DFW media or Houston, whatever uh, media where really they're, they're paying attention to Tyler Shuck. I, I think we get that and most of us here locally or, or most Red Raiders who were paying attention, understand why at the same time you had to include them because you saw it. I mean, what are you going to tell yourself that what you saw was, you know, like an illusion? No. So you had to do it, I think, because you know about it. Um, but I understand also why he's going to be overlooked uh, by some. And I, I hope that's the narrative that continues because that will mean, Chris, that uh, he's still out there, you know, with an opportunity to prove them wrong. Um, eventually, he'll emerge from the shadows if he's being impactful along the lines of the same way that he was to close out last season. There's no question about that, but I, you I, know, just, I guess I would say it's all fair with him right now. You, you know, we, we, this is a great game to play. If he is in the same conversation in these top four to five guys, the way we are having it, not everybody else is. We are, we don't even know if he's for sure the starter. I tend to think that he will be. I tend to think that, he, you know, you need to be a lot better than he is uh, in, in order to beat him out. And I'm not suggesting that Barron wasn't. I just – I think that it's probably going to be Shuck that starts the, the the first game and we'll see where it goes. But if he's in that <clears throat> top four to five conversation in the league after the season is over, I, I think I think Texas, Texas Tech has had a really special season. I don't think you need him to be like the player of the year or the all-conference – quarterback to have to get to where you want to go I should say but it'll be kind of fascinating to see to have the same conversation you know in, in in early December when it's all put to bed on what we thought we knew back in in late May early June uh time frame yeah. but uh, but I think if he's I, yeah because it because if he's in the if he's in the same conversation 
then it, it would suggest to me that he for sure was healthy the whole time. Yes. And that he played good football and consistent football. Uh, but I don't think he has to be a Heisman Trophy candidate or anything like that for you to get to where you want to go. I just think he has to be smart and stay healthy and take care of the ball and, and use his legs and avoid the turnover and all those things. And, and, and again, he needs to be a bit more than, than be a game manager. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think that, um, yeah. I, I, w- I would agree with what you're saying in that if Texas tech has to have him be some type of Heisman contender to be successful as a team, uh, well, some things have gone awry to begin with. So hopefully you're not in a position where you say week to week, of course, possession to possession or quarter to quarter, you might certainly be asking him uh, to do some really impactful things. But if you're in that spot where you're thinking, boy, I hope you know Tyler bails us out this time around, uh, obviously some <laughs> other things are, are not going well that we're counting on going well this season, uh, i.e. consistent competitive defense, uh, doing trench work on both sides of the ball and hopefully running that damn ball all right chris big picture view uh from your perspective here again i think there were six red raiders that wind up here on any of these lists teams one through four uh from athlon six red raiders i'm wondering how many did you submit who did they miss or but first today's episode brought to you by bird dogs best looking best feeling shorts known to man also to the aliens at the bottom of the pacific ocean they're going to tell you the same thing bird dogs have got you covered for all occasions with their luxurious stretchy fabric you will never feel better than you feel in a pair of bird dogs get them right now at birddogs.com slash locked on college that's birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter the promo code locked on college and you're going to get a free tumbler from bird dogs with every order doesn't matter the occasion bird dogs has got you covered whether you're grilling chilling thrilling you feeling me if not head to birddogs.com slash locked on college and you will be shortly i'm even getting some second looks from the cattle when i'm out ranching in my bird dogs look good feel great with the most versatile shorts on planet earth right now at birddogs.com slash locked on college again birddogs.com slash locked on college and when you're there use the promo code locked on college for that free custom tumbler with every order from our friends at bird dogs six red raiders i'm wondering how many or, did you submit who did they miss or well who, who did you get right was was malik, was malik dunlap and rayshad williams uh the, 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 those were also and, and austin mcamara those were the other three i so i submitted shuck brooks bradley hutchings bradford dunlap williams and austin mcamara for first and tech, second team consideration I.e., if and even if you don't put them there, boy, you you really should have them on the third team. Uh, where were where were Dunlap and Williams on this? Uh, Dunlap was a second team. Williams not okay. included. See, I I have an issue with that. Uh, I think if you're asking me, yeah, I <laughs> let's mean, flesh I, out that issue. Chris. Yeah, let's talk I, about it. I I do, and and I'll tell you, because uh, I think Austin McNamara was also mentioned at some level. Yes, second team specialist. See, and, and, and rightfully so. Okay. The, the issue that I have the most with this particular piece that, that on names that they missed. Look, I could sit here and tell you how good I think Tyler Owens will be. And I do think he will be very good. I could do the same for Miles Cole and Steve Linton. 
you, at this point, you're just simply taking my word for it. You can call me biased, homer, whatever. For, for purposes of this exercise, it's really difficult to pitch that unless they were just a monster at their previous stop or a monster here last year in Miles Cole's situation. And he was not, you know, right. and, and, and in Linton, his stats were modest, uh, you know, where, where he came from. I could have done the same for Dre McCray. Uh, we, we can, we can continue with this exercise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, CJ Baskerville. Yeah, I, I, because I, I do think like a guy like Tyler Owens is going to be, if he stays healthy, people are good. He, he's an under the radar guy that I think people will be shocked at how impactful and how good he will be for your football team. Again, if he's able to string it together and, and play in double digit games and all those things. Okay, so remember that I said that, but I can't really pitch it for this deal because he didn't play a ton last year. But in the brief times that he did, it was pretty damn good. And there's a reason that there's a, there's somebody that was on your team last year now playing at Oklahoma because of Tyler Owens. So make no yep. mistake what I'm saying to you there. Rayshon Williams, though, and Dadrian Taylor-Demerson were robbed. I mean, yeah. absolutely robbed. Look, you don't get NIL money or a gift card or a pat on the back or or anything for being on one of these first and second teams. But but it it it, it frustrates me the perception of it because they, they deserve some benefit of the doubt here. Rashad Williams is a really good football player. I think that that Rabbit Rabbit may have it, it's like borderline like you know, very frustrating to me that he he wasn't his name wasn't listed here. If you're gonna go four, easy, yeah, easy big cat simmer, simmer. <laughs> four teams worth of DBs and you don't have him on there is, is just right. That's just completely inaccurate. Um, he, he may be the most, <laughs> Cowan. He may be the most important player you have on defense, and, and here's why I say that. Mm. I remember the way I pitched to you, Dennis Wilburn and his importance last year. I'm not talking yeah. value or best pro prospect. I'm just saying if you lose this guy, oh, it causes some problems. And I think that's what Rabbit <laughs> does for your defense. He is largely responsible every single snap for getting everybody in front of him lined up. I can't tell you how many times that C.J. Baskerville and others would just run over to Rabbit after – stuff in the scrimmage, uh, you know, and, and, and things during the spring and ask, Hey man, what he's a quarterback on the field for Tim DeRuiter. Okay. And yeah. he, he had, um, he's going to play free safety. He had three interceptions last year. Uh, I, I think that maybe his versatility and that maybe he plays some slot, maybe he plays some corner, maybe he plays some safety, Maybe some of that hurts him, and, and you don't have anything statistically to bring to the table other than the three interceptions. I just know what he's about. I know he's a guy that's really old and played a ton of, of football. But yeah, I, I was drawn off sides a bit when I saw that he wasn't listed. I don't. I don't mind saying so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to agree agree wholeheartedly, and it's hard for me to really gauge statistically the landscape uh, because I, I'm really just more so interested. Uh, in the landscape of impact. And I know yeah. that uh, Rabbit was a guy that was impactful when he was on the field. And I, you know, the there's the play near the goal line was at Iowa State. I mean, he had a great effort play that resulted in a turnover. I think uh, it was a fumble or something like that. Uh, I think he caused that was 
just indicative of what he is on every play. Some of those will be measured in a statistical way. Some of those will never show up anywhere other than uh, on film after the game is done. But another one of those things, Chris, where I think, well, locally, it's like you're lying to yourself if you're not putting a guy like that on these lists. Maybe he's not known for some justifiable reason uh, in other circles. But, but yeah, why, why would you not mention somebody like that if you were covering it as closely uh, obviously as you do. So I think, um, I think I'm going to withhold the flag and not penalize you, uh, for that <laughs> self-called offsides there. I, I think you were justified, uh, in your frustration there, Chris, before we're done here today, I wanted to kind of, do you have anything else on these teams before I get a little more big picture with you? Do you have anything else on these teams before I get a little more big picture with you? Well, you know, I, what, what, what we should do, we can do it now, but I mean, what, what would be interesting is that I I'd love to, you know, th- this does just require you to project. Uh, I think there's two points to make. One, I- I- I'd love to, at some point, have a conversation about who we think could be, you know, on this deal when it's all said and done. Because I, I-, I think like a guy like Miles Price, if he stays healthy, yep. I think I think the Dre McCrays of the world. I think, I think one of your offensive linemen, um, because I-, I did mention – Hey, Cole Spencer and, and, and Rusty Stats, were, these are like all conference types where they came from. So they do have some things on their resume. They're going to be starters here and they're going to be seniors. And we've named 20 offensive linemen, I guess, or, or, or maybe 20-ish, uh, maybe even a little bit more than that on four different teams. And there's not a Texas Tech offensive lineman. Uh, mentioned because I mean we could even you we could even make that, it. You? Yeah, we can make an argument about Dennis Wilburn too. I just think that. Yeah, um, I th- thought the same thing, man. Not one uh, nary an offensive lineman uh, in red and black on these lists. Yeah, I mean, in, in that look, I, I take jo- Joey's very transparent. Joey is very forthright with with the things that he says. I don't think he blows a ton of smoke. I think he and and he's flat out said to me and others the biggest change in our team is our offensive line that's where we've improved the absolute most and again we all would agree it was average last year we also uh mentioned in the podcast that you referenced about a week ago about is the offense undervalued we sat here and told you is is average that it was you're still what at popping what 34 points a game and and however many yards a game it was you you were in the top 30 in both categories i think one was you were ranked 22nd one you were 27th on points scored per game and, and 27th in, in yards i think but in, in the in the nation uh 12th in passing with three different quarterbacks uh 60th in in, in rushing yards per game with about 160 uh, a game and so it it statistically it wasn't it wasn't average it was pretty good in some spots and if they've gotten better, I'd be willing to bet you that maybe one or two of these guys have a chance to have their name called like as a second or third team guy when all is said and done. Uh, but the other the other big picture comment ultimately to make, Cowan, is that the fact that we are we have listed off, I don't know, 10 to 15 names here tells you the strength of the football team. And, and it's the strength of this football team is their lack of weakness. That's really how you sum it up. There's not going to be a first-round draft pick on this deal. You just blew my mind. You <laughs> yeah. just blew my mind. But look look where you have wow. – okay. Yeah, look where you kind of have 
NFL type guys, second, third team type guys, guys that maybe you feel like that they, we, we should, we think that they should be there. Um, at multiple levels of your defense, we, we've sat here and talked about, you know, a running back and a quarterback, some wideouts. Now we're talking offensive line that you've kind of sprinkled guys throughout the offense. I mean, think about it. You've got a specialist on there. Uh, I'd love for your kicker to be proven and, and all that. But so you, you've just got enough sprinkled throughout. And, and that's really what sums it up, Cowan, is that there's not a lot of weaknesses on your football team, you know, perceived or otherwise. And I think this conversation and this, you know, this this team kind of suggests that, in my opinion. I, I hear you clucking big chicken. I am picking <laughs> up what you're putting down. And I'm hoping that this is all going to be coming to fruition uh what 99 days from now are we within 100 i think maybe we just turned that page but i think it was the 100 day mark uh a day ago i guess we're we're under yeah we're under triple digits that's right we're we're i uh i just i just know that there are some out there feeling like i am as as we're listening to you on this roll here that big question mark that o-line is going to kind of determine i think whether or not maybe you're getting back to being a lot of fun doing something similar possibly to what you did last season? Or are you really going to be in some kind of hardware contention when November arrives? Are you really going to be a team that's memorable uh, because of what category they were competing within when when that real football started being played? Uh, The weather gets cold and teams are eliminated from that type of contention. Where are you going to be? I think in large part, uh, the offensive line, maybe at the top of that list for me personally, uh, as to what will determine where you're going to be and, Again, these are things that if you're paying attention, if you've got this sick addiction like we do day to day, you've got some reasons to be optimistic. But these lists that we're talking about, Chris, there's some projection there, obviously. But a lot of it is what's already on the resume, as as we've kind of outlined here. So as I've said already, some will emerge that we're not talking about. Maybe some we're talking about won't have the kind of season uh, we or they hope they do. I mean, uh, but time well, will tell and we'll find out. And let, let's think about this. Um, maybe we buried the lead here. We 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 really nary a mention here of of Miles Cole and Steve Linton. I I I tossed it out there because I feel like you can't, for purposes like this, you can't offer up really a, a powerful case about them being listed on a on an all Big Twelve preseason team. You know, one of them was on your team last year. There's just not much statistical evidence that he played a ton and, and played well, whatever. There's a lot of uh, feeling that, that, that he will make a big leap and, you know, Miles Cole will, will uh, this season. Steve Linton. Big finish last year. Big he finish did. for Miles Cole. <laughs> he did. Absolutely. Um, and, and then Steve Linton, we all know he's, who he's replacing. We all know uh, the, the some of the hype, uh, maybe the weight gain and all that. But let's think about it in these terms. If 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 James Blanchard and, and Joey McGuire are indeed right or really even close to right, I I, I think I think that you know we, we've we've buried the lead because I mean they are talking first round NFL best bookends in the Big Twelve. <laughs> Pat, again, this is what they said. This is what they put out there for all and all the social media. They put it out into the ether for all to see at the very beginning of, of, of spring practices. And so 
you know, I, I just want to make sure that we remember that because I don't want to – that that's no – I mean, heavy steps, Patsy, you know, kind of like the old uh, line in Young Guns, man. I mean, that that's a that's a big deal, man, to, to toss that out there. <laughs> so, anyway. Heavy steps, Patsy. I thought you knew my old high school girlfriend's nickname. I didn't know you'd cross paths. Shout out to Patsy. Maybe those steps a little lighter these days. Uh, I really just feel like, Chris, you've got clearly some hope and potential uh, coming to fruition with those bookends. But what you know you got between the bookends, they ain't paper pamphlets. These are heavy leather-bound books uh, in between mm-hmm. these guys on the edge that are going to do a lot of good for you. And guys like we've already mentioned, and Tony Bradford and Jalen Hutchings. And uh, such an enthusiastic episode. Uh, that we use Nary twice, and that I'm going to count that one. That's three times now. So that's that's how in the pocket we are today. What other Locked On podcast is giving you triple Nary's to close out a week? Okay, one more question from me to you, Chris, before we're out of here. Um, this, as I said already, th- these lists kind of, they engage in some projection, like w- what's going to happen, but there's a lot of what's already happened uh, as far as what these players have achieved to determine whether or not they belong on these lists. I'm curious in general talent level kind of terms for Texas Tech. I think we all understand what historically Texas Tech's roster is. And in even some of the best years, you're still having to punch up from a talent or depth of talent uh, kind of perspective. Joey McGuire is blowing things off the charts as far as recruiting rankings are concerned. You can buy in as much or as little as you want to out there. I, I wouldn't blame you either way as far as the rankings. You may not even pay attention to them, but – they are what they are, and they're very favorable for Texas Tech and Joey McGuire since he's been on the job. Is Texas Tech a talented team next year? Are they a talented deep team next year? How far off are they if they're not already there? When do they kind of really cross the threshold of getting your attention as a roster, Chris? Because you've recovered, or you've covered, you've recovered from covering recruiting and rosters for many years uh, here in Lubbock for Texas Tech. So. How do you kind of gauge the actual talent level when you think, hey, man, this roster is actually built a little bit different than some historically? Yeah, b- because I, I I think we, we can judge that based off of, uh, of two different things here. You are you, you, you're going to have, you, you know, depending on the kind of years some of these guys have. Again, things can change. So don't don't anybody hear a number here and take it and run. But I mean. You, you could have five to ten draft picks next year, you know, depending on what kind of season some of these guys have. They're already on the radar. I mean, Hutchings, Dunlap, mm-hmm. uh, I mentioned Owens, you know, I think Shuck. You know, you can't rule out Bradford and Rayshad Williams. Uh, we, we, we've sat here and told you about the Cole and the Linton, uh, you know, uh, situation there. Uh, you know, m- maybe Spencer and, and Stotts or Wilburn could, could factor into some something along those lines. Does somebody else leave early uh, that that just kind of blew up? And so I, I, I think that suggests to me that you're more talented than you've been in years past. Um, yeah. I, I think that recruiting rankings would also suggest to you that you are much more talented than in years past as well. The problem is, is that some of that talent on paper is just really young and inexperienced. That That's... And, and there's no way to kind of overlook that part. This isn't – some of this is first-year talent or, or guys that have been yeah. here one or two years, and it's not, you know, three- or four-year talent, which is kind of how 
I mean, we know how long Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State, how long they've been recruiting well. Well, this is – they've got guys that are very talented that have that got two or three years under their belt already, you know, and, <laughs> right. and, and, and there's a difference there. Uh, it's time in a program, time to mature, time to understand scheme, time in the weight room, and which can mean 15 to 20 pounds, um, you know, all those kinds of things. But, yeah, you're you're – you're playing in a different sandbox right now. I, I don't. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I, I think that on paper, and the NFL uh, folks would suggest that this is a bit of a different animal than what you've had uh, in the past. Yes. So maybe still just uh, kind of earlier on within that process, the roster not quite a new creation or transition just yet because they have, as far as recruiting cycles, only had a couple, obviously, and only been on the job now. For a year heading into their uh, their second season, so we'll take some time. But uh, it is what it is as far as whatever coverage you're you're dialing into recruiting rankings or some of what you're seeing. I think definitely hitting the nail on the head from a professional perspective because that's where you're separating men from boys, obviously. And if you're filling up some of those conversations differently than you have been historically, uh, that'll tell you a whole lot right there. And that can get really interesting, actually, Chris, because the most recent experience from an NFL perspective. Uh, for Tech fans was a really high peak as far as Tyree Wilson, but then it was crickets outside of (laughs) UFA territory. So it was kind of an interesting dynamic because it wasn't, you know, the biggest group that you've had with the most relevancy. It was just uh, singularly uh, one of your most relevant ever in Tyree Wilson. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, your, your, your depth uh, and, and with this next class. Now, granted, uh, it's good. You know, when we're sitting here talking a year from now, you are going to have lost a ton of old, uh, old players and guys that have been around here for a long time. Uh, this senior night this year will be very meaningful uh, because there are guys that have, you know, played here for a long, it feels like a long time and have seen <laughs> – I mean, multiple coaching changes and coordinator, th- you know, and all these things, and they've kind of weathered it, and they're, they're really good football players. Uh, but some of these guys, you know, technically aren't even supposed to be in college, but because of the COVID stuff and everything that they're, they're still – I mean, and thankfully they are. I mean, because – I know. I mean, just, uh, I mean you, just, you just look at, like, what how we're sitting here talking about your team, knowing that – you could have you could have not had Shuck. You could have not had Bradford and Hutchings. You could have not had Dunlap and Williams. You could have not had Rabbit. I mean, think about how different the conversation is if we take those guys and say, you know, you you know, you, your eligibility is exhausted. I mean, it's just a completely different deal. Then maybe you would have you would have portaled uh, a bit more and and kind of filled in some of those gaps uh, with with some experience from the portal. And so it's not a huge gap, but you, you get what I'm saying. But anyway, I just uh, I, I think that you, yeah, you you've got a you've got a, a, an older group here that you can put your best foot forward. But I think that'll be you, you'll kind of get that sense if they play well and stay healthy, and you just never know. But I think that the draft could be a lot different experience. You don't have the seventh pick uh, in the draft on your team right now. I don't believe that. But yeah, you could have uh, Texas Tech. Uh, you know that that name called quite a bit next year. There it is. You just heard it here first. Chris Level says you've got <laughs> higher than the seventh pick in the draft on your rock. Can't wait. So much to be excited for, including the next episode. We'll take some time away with you. Hope you have a chance 
uh, to do some relaxing here for a long weekend and hopefully a moment of meditation as to how that opportunity came about. And we'll see you for the next round on Tuesday. Chris, appreciate the time and the insights as always, man. Enjoyed it. Absolutely, man. Keep hope alive, everybody. Have a good weekend, safe weekend. And do, uh, as Calvin said, man, remember uh, why Monday uh, is a holiday. So we, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. That's right. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't, so you never miss an episode. And we're back on Tuesday with Chris. I'm Casey right here on Locked on Texas Tech.